put it on real tight Hope you brought your best tonight They say they got the fireworks Yeah, they say they got the show You're around the shoots, you're the best So let's go This is Texas Toast, a production of TSC Entertainment. I'm your host, Miss Helen. Kick back and enjoy as we toast the best from Texas. everyone. Welcome to Texas Toast. I'm Miss Helen, along with a very special guest. I've been anticipating this interview for weeks. I want to say hello and welcome to Curtis Grimes. Hi, Curtis. How are you? What's going on? I'm great. How are you doing? It looks like you're a little busy. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. And, and first thing I want to do is just kind of do like a little icebreaker off of the business discussions that we're going to have and all the accomplishments that you have. So what is what is one of your favorite things to do during the summer? Um, I guess for us, summertime is when my family can come on the road or just do a lot more traveling. My wife's a teacher. Um, so we played in Montana or Wyoming this, uh, this couple, a month ago and we had four days off. So they all flew up there and hung out with us. And then we went to, we went to Florida for a little, little quick vacay. So, so that's what it, summer's is traveling for us and just hanging out with the family more so than I get during the, during the school year. That's awesome. What does your uh, what does your wife teach? She is teaching kindergarten this year. She was in second grade last year, and they moved her to kinder. So <laughs> she teaches the tinies. Oh, those are the best. My daughter and my son in law are both teachers. They both graduated SAM and they work with special ed, but she's doing PE now. But anyway, speaking of that, talking about school. Now you played um, high school baseball. I did. That was really my thing growing up. I didn't get into music till my freshman year of college. My roommate had a guitar, so I started messing around with that and trying to write songs and do that kind of stuff. But yeah, baseball was my was definitely my strongest suit growing up. And you were a pitcher, right? Yes, ma'am. We uh, we went to state my junior year and wound up getting a scholarship to go over to Centenary College in Shreveport. So. That was kind of all I knew up until this music thing started taking off. Yeah. And how did how did you make the transition from baseball to music? Um, long story short, I quit uh, about halfway through my freshman year. Got I was engaged to high school sweetheart and we ended up breaking up and baseball was no longer there. So that's when I really dove into music. And um, I don't know. For, it, it was I would say replaced a couple of voids in a lot of ways and also kind of was therapeutical in, in a sense. And that's really what dove into my early songwriting. And that's why that's why I think I went so deep into music was just because baseball was all I knew. Once I was gone, music was what I was doing at the time. And I'm kind of an, an extremist in a lot of ways. So whatever I do, like I'm kind of all in. Uh, some music was what I went all in on. And then we got we caught a couple of breaks very early on, like three years from the day I picked up a guitar to I just got a band together. We won a radio contest to open right. for Kenny Chesney. So that put me on the biggest country tour of the year, like right out of the gate. We were playing bars and honky tonk. So we go yes. from like 30, 40 <laughs> people to 16,000. And, you know, I think we had been playing as a band for like three months. 
So it was, it was pretty, pretty surreal in a lot of ways. Well, I worked at radio for many, many years. I always say way too many years. But one, because I'm baseball, fishing, and Texas music are my passions. But when we got bottom of the fifth in, I was actually, I fell in love with that song. To this day, I love bottom of the fifth. That one's a true story. Uh, her name was Megan. Not Terry <laughs> Emma, the, rest, the rest is true. So yeah, that one. That one's pretty personal. It's funny. The guy I was writing with that day was late to our writing session, and my buddy of mine had kind of given me this idea to kind of take that play on, you know, on different different ways of how, what you think of when you think of bottom of the fifth. So I started turning away at it, and by the time he got there, I already had like first verse and chorus done, and so we just kind of went with it and, and and because of that it was my story and uh, wound up being the title track of the ep we put out that next year and then was a single that did real well for us a hanging curve trying to paint the black i gave my high school coach a heart attack eight outs away from winning state all i had to do was make no mistakes and there it went like a good year blimp over the right field wall into some fans mitt i was standing there on a mound of dirt feeling hurt because i blew it in the bottom of the fifth man it's a pits when your well runs dry and your time runs out you can't quit getting lit up quicker than a sky on the fourth of july when you put it out there and lay it all on to lose it in the bottom of the fifth. Yeah, you say fishing. My wife's dad's actually a, a bay fishing guide, so those, those are. I'm, I'm right there with you. We have a guide service too. I'm in Matagorda. There you go. He's over at uh, Baffin. Yeah. Oh, we love to go down that way and fish. That's sometimes when we want to get out of town and just wade some different spots and do some different things. But yeah, we could talk about fishing all day, <laughs> as a matter of fact. But producer Kyle, him and Trent Cowie came and fished with us a few weeks ago. And it was just, that's, yeah, that's just my passion. So, you know, speaking of putting yourself in a spotlight, and then I want to get onto some other stuff. Then he went to The Voice and CeeLo Green was your coach. I did. And interesting thing about that was when you when you make it to the Los Angeles to kind of the, the last few rounds of uh, of making the cut just to get on the show, you know, because you you do the audition and then, you know, you go back and do a second audition and then you fly to L.A. and they do they cut two more rounds of people. Mm-hmm. So once you make it to like where you're actually going to go on stage and sing, they they assign you a song. They assigned me Blake Shelton's song, Hit Billy Boom. Mm-hmm. And I started laughing. They're like, "What? You don't like Blake?" I was like, "No, but if I'm going to pick a Blake song, like that's not the one. Not the one I would pick if I was going to try to impress someone on a sinking competition." So, mm-hmm. anyways, they, I, I did it, and CeeLo was the only one that turned around. Of course, at the time, you don't really care. It just as long as one chair turned around, you're kind of in. Uh, right. So that set me up to go on to to make it where there were eight left standing when I got kicked off. So we got to stay pretty long and and really capitalize on that opportunity you know and the one thing i can say the voice is actually one of the singing competitions when i'm not watching baseball or fishing that i will watch because i love the fact that you hear musical terms and you're actually getting coached and the and the musicians that go in get educated somewhat right and one interesting thing i always note is Silo was coming off of uh, forget you pretty pretty big song that year uh so he was back and forth um between filming and touring and and Blake was, I would say, the most hands-on coach mm-hmm. on the show as far as going above and beyond the minimal, re- 
you know, contractual requirements. Like I know one, one night he came and hung out at the hotel with, uh, with his group and they took him out to karaoke one night. He got them all talking mini guitars kind of as parting gifts. So he was kind of, if they're, if you had to say who was the best one, like he pretty much had that on lock. Okay. So moving to Texas music, I've always followed your music, played you on the radio. You have had so many number ones. Are you up to 13 number ones on Texas music now? Yes, ma'am. Friends, uh, our last one would make 13. Yes, ma'am. Yes, we followed Friends. We as we were starting the podcast up as that one was coming up the charts and was following that one. And what I love about your music is I grew up in a very small town, uh, 50 miles west of Houston, Sealy, Texas. And we were such a tight knit group. And when that when the first time I listened to that song, I just wanted to like go home and hang out with all my friends. And ironically enough, some of them out of the blue called me and they were coming to Matagorda to fish. I hadn't seen some of these classmates in 20 years and we all hung out together and I had to play friends because that was us. A church of flashing light in a water tower. A farmer's son from small town USA. He sings along out loud to the ring of fire. Down Highway 49 till it fades away There's a party where that gravel meets a hayfield If you part just right, the radio out there comes in loud and clear Where lovers are waiting on their special song When it comes on, they sway along Till the break of dawn and the cows come home while others are cutting up and shooting bull Holding cans and breaking rules Up to no good, but they ain't that bad So here's to you and that hoot owl on the fence And them friends you grew up with That's what I love about your music. It's just so genuine and especially for small town people like us. And you just released a self-titled album, number one on iTunes, and you had a big event at Green Hall Saturday for the album release. We did. Green's a, Green's a special venue to me. Of course, I tried to go to school at Texas State <laughs> at one time <laughs> and I spent more time going over there and floating the river, but I'd always go to the concerts over there at Green even before I thought about being an artist um and i just remember the first time we opened there for roger Krager was wow. just the coolest thing in the world and then of course we went on to get a headlining show and then when you go in there to settle and they tell you, you sold it out it's just kind of the ultimate full yes. circle thing so that's a pretty special special place for me and i'm glad that that's where we were able to to lock in to do the album release because like you said it's a great night well and i kind of had a little background information on saturday because i uh, Pat Matula is a dear friend of mine. He's like a brother. He comes and fishes with us a lot. And I didn't realize he didn't let me in in the loop that he's playing fiddle for you now. That's right. He just came on with us here a couple of weeks ago. I love Pat. He's a great fiddle player. He's a good fisherman too. He does a good job. Him and I get really competitive when he comes and we're on the boat. <laughs> All right. We'll have to take him out with us. Yeah. But back to your self-titled, your current album that's out. There's five number ones on there. I want to talk a little bit about Still a Little Country Left because once again, your music has such an impact on me. We were 
going just on the other side of three rivers. We were coming home. We were down in South Texas hunting. And I heard that song for the first time. And literally I had to start Googling it. That song is just absolutely amazing. It nails it. But now there's a little correlation there with Daryl Singletary, right? For sure. So Trent Wilman, who's produced like all of my records, right? Uh, actually wrote that song with a guy named Preston Brust. And Trent pitched that to me years ago. I want to say like our side of the fence uh, time frame. And um, we were, we cu- I cut something else that was kind of in the same vein. So we ended up not doing it on that project. And then, of course, Daryl not only cut it, but it was a title track of his last album. Um, but unfortunately, they never got the opportunity to really use it as a single or really get much exposure out of it. So I asked Trent kind of respectfully if it would be okay if, if I went and cut it. And so and so I could release it as a single because I thought that's such a good song. It kind of yes. really needs all the attention it can get. And, uh, and my version is a little bit more like Trent's demo was. Uh, I, I love Daryl's version. Um, but if you hear mine and Daryl's, obviously, they're a little bit different. His is definitely more laid back uh twangy and and that's awesome um but we uh, we were able to use it and, and it and i felt like that was the timing was perfect on that one too just kind of where we were with everything as a country going into the election and just just a little glimmer of hope of that how it's not all bad out there right now you know you go go at the, out to rural america especially here in small town texas like there's still some good folks out there that that are <laughs> trying to live right and, and have their heads screwed on straight and that's kind of just what the message behind that one was and the importance of releasing it when we did in greentown indiana there's still a little 4-h fair a pageant queen and a tractor pull with a kid show and a steer and corn on the cob, fresh as you can get. There's still a little country left. A young girl rides in the arena at a rodeo in Cave Creek. Oh, glory wave, she starts to sing. Oh, say, can you see? They all stand and cover hearts with cowboy hats. There's still a little country left. And travel down the O2 lane You're gonna find it's still alive and well Stop in and have a sweet tea Take a look around here and you're gonna see The whole world ain't gone all the way to hell At least not yet No, there's still a little country And evidently you've done good with, with all the number ones that you had, because it is about timing when you pick that next single. But, you know, it's funny talking about relates to this song in small towns. I was visiting three different sets of group of people that came from small towns, like one, I mean, to me, Seguin's a big town, but this couple was from Seguin. And, you know, they were talking about how they could never live in the big city and how everybody looks out for each other. And we just shared stories. So anyway, good stuff there. And then another one of my favorites, it was one of your number ones that's on this album is River Road Dream. I love the story and the um, vision on that song. That's actually one I wrote with Trent. Um, I don't think as many people are familiar with him as a songwriter, but he's one of the best writers in Nashville. In my yes, opinion. Trent has, Trent's been on the podcast. He is awesome. He is awesome. Um, but that's one that we wrote. Obviously, I get to write with him through the process of recording. And that was, we were talking about my, my college days of trying to go to Texas State and spending more time at the river. And that kind of 
sparked the idea for that one. And Trent just kind of brought up how, you know, we all have those bucket list things or things we want to get or places we want to go. Um, and you hope to live long enough and pay off enough debt where you get to get to actually follow up with those. And that, that kind of where we got that song from. And it wound up being the Texas country song of the year at the TCMAs this past year. So that was, that was cool. You know, it's always nice to, when those things go on to, to do bigger, bigger things than, than we could imagine. So. And you've actually got quite a few of those awards. Donnie drives a truck working on pumps from Wimberley to Dallas. It's sure a lot of miles, but the payout weighs a bad. Sarah takes shifts, saving her tips at the old 290 diner. Yeah, just to make a rent takes every last nickel they have. On a Saturday night, they'll take a little drive to town. Sip on a long neck, listen to the band, and two step around. It don't seem like much, just a drop in the bucket. But their eyes are on a waterfront along with a cabin and a cedarwood swing. Right now things are rough, but the thing that keeps them going is knowing for long they're gonna have their own little old river road dream. Speaking of having visions, your current single is my get up in the morning and listen to song now. Noah built a boat. It's moving up the charts. It's got most, it's most spin gainer and most as we've been following it. But I, I love the lyrics. When God opens a door, he'll lead you through. And like literally we pre, well, I talked about the song this past week on our other podcast, Texas on tap. Well, it's through Texas toast, but anyway, we preview new music and I just, all I can say about that is it's such a song of encouragement and inspiration. And it's like, I do want to wake up every morning and listen to it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad, I'm glad that it's, it's encouraging for you. Um, so interesting thing about that, the guy, uh, his name is Arliss Albritton, uh, one of my good friends. He sent it to me and said, Hey man, this thing's kind of fits the vein of what you're doing. Uh, it, it, he had started that song with a guy named Joel Shoemaker and, they were playing it pretty safe. They didn't really dig into much on the biblical aspect of it. They kind of wrapped it around, you know, chasing your dreams. And for me, it was deeper than that. It's more of more pursuing God's calling in our life. Or at least mm -hmm. that's what I get out of the Noah story and not really worrying about what other people think about it. When you're being true to yourself and, and seeking God and doing what you feel like he's called you to do, like ultimately it doesn't matter what other people think. That's not where our accountability lies. And, and as was played out in the Noah story. Like he's not going to leave us hanging like, in, in people's opinions don't really matter. And so that's kind of the more deeper aspect of it. But from a simple secular perspective, like <laughs> it, it's as simple as do your thing and, and just stay focused and don't worry about what other people think of what you're doing. People going to tell you you're crazy fool. Dreams are something you wake up from and not pursue When God opens a door, well, He'll lead you through So take that leap of faith or you regret what you didn't do Remember, Noah built a boat sitting in the sand, told 
everybody, everybody said, man, you've lost your mind this time. That thing ain't never gonna flow. So let them call you crazy, maybe it's true. But there's nothing impossible to do with a little bit of faith. And a whole lot of hope wouldn't even supposed to rain. When Noah built a boat. Won't be easy. Well, and I definitely have to bring up your Ten Finger Ministry. That is absolutely amazing. That's honestly where my passion is through this whole music thing. That's I use music as a vessel mm-hmm. for that, to use this platform and this opportunity to influence and reach people for, for the kingdom, to give God the glory and honor. And I haven't always done that. The first half of my career, I was more concerned with the lifestyle that I thought you did if you sang country music for a living. And I started having a lot of conviction for that and I'm thankful for it. Uh, and from, and from that point on, I, I had been blessed with this opportunity and not only was I using this talent that, that I'd been given for how I feel like I should as a Christian, I was doing quite the opposite in a lot of ways and how I was living and the content of my song. So, from that point on, uh, definitely said I'm going to do positive, faith-based, traditional, neo-traditional country music. And, and if it works, if I'm able to stay relevant and pay my bills, like I'll rock it till the wheels fall off. But, but mm-hmm. if, if, if me succeeding in the music industry required me to just put out drinking songs, just sacrifice my integrity and morals for the sake of being relevant and making it, like it wasn't worth it for me. So um, fortunately it, it has worked and, and this, this album release done really well for us. Radio's still playing us. Uh, venues are still booking us and, um, and things are, things are looking pretty good. So, so for now the door is wide open and, uh, and we'll, we'll do this as long as this is where God's calling me to be. And one thing I want to bring up too, is I was so impressed because I was so close with my grandfather, but I love the backstory on your inspiration for 10 finger ministry. Yeah. So my grandfather passed away about the time we were getting this thing going and he had uh, nine fingers uh, most of his life. When he was young, he he was roping a horse and a dog spooked it and the rope yanked off one of his fingers. So at his house after his funeral, we were talking about how now he has 10 fingers to worship the Lord. And uh, we thought that was kind of a cool thing to, to set up the ministry in his honor. And um, that's where we got the name from. And how, how many Bibles have you sent out? To date, I think we've given out over 6,000. Wonderful. And just kind of, we always always have a stack of them at the merch table every night. And uh, Ten Finger Ministries, a website, we always, uh, or we have a link where you can request a Bible for yourself or somebody you want to send one to. And we just try to get anybody and everybody that wants one, uh, a, a good a good Bible to have. Well, absolutely been wonderful visiting with you. And one other song I wanted to bring up that's that's kind of more on your Christian side. And it made me think of a particular couple I grew up with in church, The Ground She Walked On. I just wanted to mention that song. That one really hit home for me, bringing up memories with some folks I grew up with in church. That was awesome. And I've been wanting to record that song for years. I did, that's one I didn't write, but um, I heard uh, a guy named Shane Owens I recorded it and I just love the song and I, I have been wanting to record it for a while. And it just worked out to where, where, um, I was able to do that. And, and I'm with you that, that just reminds me of all those, those old men in, in the church that I grew up in. <laughs> um, and I don't know, like I've always, I was always been a fan of the Vern Gosson, 
you know, those like chiseled in stone kind of songs. So this that's what this one reminded me of, which is more of a more of a faith message. He wears the same suit every Sunday. She's not there to straighten his tie. He'll be back in the fields come Monday Where he spent most of his life We thought he came cause she made him At least that's what we used to say But now he's there every time the door's open so he can see her again someday He stands up and he sings Rock of Ages He fumbles to find at the cross He feels her turn in the pages As if she was singing along his ties in the offering Somewhere in his heart she's not gone Cause that old man still worships God in the ground she walked on So you got, I'm sure, lots of shows coming up. How's the tour going and getting back out in front of everyone? It's been great. Of course, people were kind of like itching to get out and go do stuff again. So, yes, um, obviously numbers are, are up and we kind of hit the ground running. We weren't confined to just bars and honky tonks. So we were able to play church and mm-hmm. you know family friendly mm-hmm. events and faith based stuff. So once they did open the bars up again, that kind of doubled our opportunities um, or, or places to play. Uh, so we probably played just as much or more than, than most other Texas country acts. And that's kind of been a blessing. Right. Well, it's been a pleasure visiting with you. I mean, you've multiple um, TCMA winner and also you've got so many awards on both sides. Also the Christian country song of the year and good stuff going on. And how's the family doing through all this? <laughs> you got the whole family with you back there. Everybody's good. Everybody's good. The baby's sleeping. <laughs> oh, there you go. How old are your children? Uh, almost two and almost four. Ooh. Oh, oh so. my goodness. Well, I'll let you get back to your travels and your family time. And again, thank you so much, Curtis, for joining us here at Texas Toast. I appreciate you having me. Have a good day. Well, there you have it. Another great episode of Texas Toast. If you've made it this far, just wanted to say thank you to all of you who have been listening and spreading the word about us. If you'd like to support the show, whether it be through sponsorship or by subscribing on YouTube or by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that'd be great. Anything and everything helps. We're just getting this thing rolling with no end in sight and have some incredible interviews lined up for all of you. So please help us get the word out. We'll see you next time on Texas Toast. From as she left, I dare to say well, You can go to hell And hell, I'll go to Texas I've had my fill of every place but home Well, take away these city lights Put me on a one-way flight I'm leaving out of here tonight 
southern draw My swagger on my sway Yeah, these old boots Oh, this cowboy hat Oh, the way I like to play Texas Toast is proudly supported by TSE Entertainment, booking entertainment since 1975.